I got a message for your American buddy. I'm your wife, damn it! Ah, would have to go up to the wives in the library or the supermarket and say hello. I am new here. I know, George, you think I don't know anything, but I know people. I get 18 years of my life to stand in the same spot as you. You want your file? I found you your file. You want it out? I got you out. You needed money? I found you some. Now, let's face it here. I've got to, you know, latch on to something in my life. Oh, yeah, you blind. No use to try to sweet talk me, Miss Scarlet. I know you ever since I put the first pair of diapers on you. Who was going to love me? Who, who was going to make me feel good? I wish I had a mother like me instead of nice. Nice gets you shit. I got a two-inch thick solo in steak. Sit and defrost and wait this minute. When you and Guy come over and supper with us tonight, what do you say? And welcome to another episode of the Best Supporting Podcast, a podcast dedicated to celebrating and dissecting the performances of our favorite Best Supporting Actresses. My name is Nick Kachanov, and just stay away from DuPont Circle. I hear it's murder this time of day. <laughs> and my name is Colin Drucker, and I kissed him in the dish room. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. I am so excited to talk about this movie, Colin. The American President, which I had never seen before. And to be honest, I don't know if it would have like made its way to me. And not because it seemed like anything was objectively wrong with yes. it. I think it was just like, oh, yeah, okay, whatever. American President, you know, not to be confused with Dave, you know. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. I forgot how great this movie is and i it's like it's sort of been in my canon i think my mom it's like such a mom movie yes um, it's keon's mom's favorite movie actually oh um wow. and it is just perfect i love i i think aaron sorkin needs to write like not i mean yes this is a romantic comedy but it's a romantic comedy with like just like in such an interesting setting it's like at the white house and it like it's it's funny and it's like dramatic and poignant and like a lot of themes that are happening back you know in 1995 are still happening today more about that later um yeah but i i guess hot takes colin what what did you think of this movie i i found it so it was so charming and so 90s in yeah. like the best way yes. like it had it's funny there I, I watched the trailer for this on youtube I watched it after I watched the movie, which I think, you know, it's funny watching these trailers. It's like, oh, God, I'm glad I didn't watch the trailer first. Like, yes. there's all these spoilers, and it's just, yeah. you know, you realize the trailers just give everything away. And uh, But someone had commented on the video saying, oh, I, I love movies like this from the 90s. And they said something like, oh, like every, every day or every movie feels like it's Christmas in the 90s. And yes. I thought that was such an interesting observation and obviously like a romanticized notion. Like certainly the 90s were, you know, uh, not all perfect. But yeah. There is something about that, about about American movies in the 90s that is so captured in the American president of just like, it's that same way that Home Alone feels, you know? It is. I, I, I agree. And I will say too, like, not, I don't know what percentage to assign to it, but like a good percentage of that is the music and the score yeah. of this movie. It's Mark Shaman who did... I think he did Hairspray. I hope I have that right. I'm going to look that up as I talk because the gays will come for me. But um, does sound familiar. Yeah, yeah, like he. I was very surprised to to learn that. But um, it definitely has that sort of. I t I texted you, Colin, and it reminded me of the, uh, you know, the. Uh, oh my gosh, 
my brain is shutting the down. The scene in yes. your, your vaccinated brain. Yeah, it is day two. As a preface, yeah, huh. day two. Yeah, this, you're, you're our uh, second shot day two brain. So yeah. um, be kind, America. But yes, the, indeed, you said, you know, it's reminiscent of the train station scene in A League of Their Own with Marla Hooch. Which yes, Marla Hooch, yes. I mean, you texted me that, and I thought about that scene, and I got choked up. <laughs> That scene, the reflection of the American flag against oh, the train. It's so good. <laughs> Truly, I would do it in moment. the details. I would do it in the details. Yeah, just oh, on that you scene. could. You totally could. Uh, the way that it opens with Marla and her dad sitting inside the station on the bench, and then the background through the door is the train at the track. Like it's. Oh my God! It's just. Oh, I know we're not here to talk about a, a league of their own, but you know why? Why we not pause it. for a we moment? Welcome it. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I feel like there's um, some patriotic themes to that movie as well, so it, it all fits. I think that. Um, I think that yeah, in the details, I think that there's like room for like a top five, um, like moments in movies that got you even though you didn't expect it to. You know what I mean? Like, feel like yeah. there's a, or it doesn't even have to be sad. It could be like. Um, you know, the running down the hall in Poltergeist, you know what I mean? That just gets you uh-huh. like revved up or something. It's just, uh, yeah, it's funny. I've been trying to think about like what I want my next in the details episode to be. And I've been kind of navigating that path of like micro moments that I love or talking yeah. through tears moments that I love. But there is that too of like, <gasps> why am I choked up all of a sudden moments? Yes, and, yes, yes. Uh, yeah, absolutely. A League of Their Own, Poltergeist. The, the, I mean, I'm just looking for excuses to talk about these scenes again. So, you know, <laughs> I know, there yeah. may be no, th- no thematic connection. Yes, but, yes. You know, but the American president, you know, it's also like, oh, my God. I think the moment, the scene where Annette Benning is wearing the brown pantsuit with the brown, you know, turtleneck oh. and the brown, like, loafers yes. and all of them are slightly different gradients of brown. I was like, this is the 90s. Mm-hmm. Like... Oh my goodness, like the way that people dressed, there was a sort of boxiness about it and a sort of just like, I don't want to say ill-fitting quality because it's strange because I think a lot of that that style has become fashionable again. Like I think people are starting to dress like this again, this sort of like normcore grandma styling, but it's... um, there, there's that. There's there's the music. There's the fashion. There's even like the the sort of pure one imports Ethan Allen of the furniture, and I'm sure it's much more expensive than that. But yeah. just the like the plush couches and and armchairs and all of it. You know the the daughter's bedroom. I was like, oh my god, this is just this is what the 90s looked like. Everything was so clunky. There were just big computer monitors and fax machines everywhere. Oh my gosh, that really took me back <laughs> yeah those little laptops those awful little laptops that like all the little little you know government workers were on yes oh it's just the you know even the and i noticed this in um movies from like the 90s where limousines are all like these lincoln it's all lincoln's and and you know town cars and um it's just like a certain style of of limousine in the 90s even i feel like um thinking of home alone 2 you know yes, when kevin gets yes. the, the limousine it's like the, all of that it's like i can't explain it but all of the elements of those elements tell me it's the 90s you know yes. and maybe that's why i love it so much too like because that uh, this came out in 95 i think i yep. was nine years old so i definitely didn't see it when it came out i think i definitely saw it like in middle school or high school or something like that but um 
I remember just being, I think this is my first like Aaron Sorkin experience because this was like mm. what made him do the West Wing. He was like, I kind of like this genre. Let's just do a TV show. And it's right. so similar. Even like Martin Sheen, he plays the president in the West Wing. And it's just so funny right. to see him as like chief of staff. Chief of staff? Yes, I think. The, yeah, yeah. As, yeah. Yeah. As we'll, you we'll know, say as, that for now. Yeah, let's say that. Let's just say that. It's not the president. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I, you know, I have not seen The West Wing yet. I do feel like at some point The West Wing is going to work its way into being, there'll be some episode of The West Wing that we'll talk about on this podcast. Um, Because, you know, it's going to take me forever to watch the entire show. All I know, I know. However many episodes there are. uh, 45 episodes? There are a lot. 100 and... 155, excuse Whoa. me. <laughs> yeah. Did you like 40? No, 150. No, 100, yeah, um, add 110 to that, yeah. I, I've i heard that seasons, I might um, get this fact wrong, but I think it's like seasons one through four, Aaron Sorkin was there, and then he left, and there was like a big like drama behind the scenes, and then like someone else like took over as like, I don't know, I don't want to say showrunner, but like, a, you know, head writer or something like that. Right. And it kind of got off track for a bit and then maybe came back towards the end. Um, I think I remember my old manager at Barnes and Noble told me that like, you know, seven years ago. Uh, right. Shout out to Jenny. Hey, Jenny. <laughs> <laughs> this one's for you, Jenny. Yeah. Um, yeah. I ought to be honest, as I'm kind of looking through his filmography, I think this might even be my first Aaron Sorkin experience. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I've heard his name, of course. I feel like he's almost become like, you know, like Julie Klausner would have jokes about Aaron Sorkin walk and talks, things like that. You know, yes. like I kind of knew the jokes or the 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 you know the concept around what what an Aaron Sorkin script meant. Yes, you yes. know, people say, oh, there's a bit of mansplaining, the rhythm, and there's a, yeah. the rhythm of it, but it's all very snappy. And I mean, like you got to give it to him; he is a great writer. I mean, yes. even if like even if because I feel like there could be the critique of like, oh, I can hear the writing. I can, you know, I can hear that this is dialogue. I don't necessarily mind that because if it's really good, then it's just kind of elevating that art form a little bit versus it just being realistic dialogue. But he just like, it's one of the, it's something about this movie that I think elevates it above other romantic comedies Yes, Yes, is like, oh, this is like, this is for smart people. This is for your parents to go to see at the movie theater you know, well, you're home with the babysitter because this is for smart people. Yeah, this isn't like Runaway Bride. Not that, I no. mean, we love Julia. You know, we love Julia here. But uh, right. speaking but, of Julia, yeah. he also wrote um, Charlie Wilson's War, I think. Is that what he I did. saw? I did he see did. that movie and I it was fine. A lot of great stars in that movie, but I was like, this is weird. Yeah, I remember when that came out and I feel like the reviews were like, basically, this is fine. Yeah, but yeah. Yeah, he, you know, I have never seen Studio 60 on the Sunset Strip, but I'm kind of fascinated by that. Things. Yes, Sports right? Night. Uh, um... Yeah, Sports Night. Uh, and then the Newsroom. I've heard lots about the Newsroom and Jeff Daniels in that. And yeah, we love Jeff, Jeff Daniels. Daniels. Yes, yeah. we do. Um, um, I have seen The Social Network. I love The Social Network. That is a great movie. I'm... I've been resisting that movie. I've just been like, uh, I, I'm just because I'm a stubborn cow and I'm like, oh, I don't, people liked it. I don't want to see it. But <laughs> I think, if, should, yeah, it, go for it. If you're saying it's good. Now, like, here's my question. Here's the yeah, most important question. I know it's like, coming. Uh-huh, yeah, yeah. Like, what's the lady acting situation? I know, <laughs> I know, I know. It really is limited. 
It really yeah. is. I mean, I uh, who is um, oh the girl is with the dragon Rooney tattoo? Rooney Mara. Rooney Mara. Yes, she's yeah. in it. She has like a great scene, and then you know it's 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 curtains. Um, yeah. And then like I think like uh, oh who is it? Ann Perkins. Rashida Jones is in it for uh-huh. a little while. Oh. She plays like a lawyer for like a couple scenes. Um, okay. But again, the snappy like. The dialogue is incredible. I love David Fincher movies, and I thought I I just think like him and Aaron Sorkin together, like it's it's a really great movie. I would I would suggest you know no rush, but um if if you're ever thinking of it, I own the uh, the Social Network on DVD special edition. Oh. <laughs> well, that's commitment right there. I, know, I mean, I bought it. You know, if, if the second question, of course, is and how long is it? Because <laughs> I, I know. know your feelings. <laughs> I and know, but I, with this movie, I don't mind it. I don't. It moves. 120 minutes. Wow, that's big. For, that's big. That's that like, is that's big. big for you. Like, but I know your feelings on on uh, <laughs> going past the 90 minute mark. Yeah, it doesn't feel like it. I don't know how to describe it. It's just like because you're so interested in that Facebook story anyway that when it came out, everyone was just like, right. and Jesse Eisenberg is great. Uh, okay. It, like uh, a well deserved Oscar nomination for him, and uh, and the screenplay is great. Aaron. All Sorkin. right. Well. I'll, uh, yeah, he won, Aaron Sorkin won the Oscar for that for best yeah. screenplay. So, yes. all right, I'll, uh, you know, I'll, I'll lean in. Yeah. I'll try. I'll try to enjoy something if you insist. Yes. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, so this was, I mean, uh, obviously he's, you know, uh, his name is in the news these days because he's nominated for an Oscar for the trial of the Chicago seven as well, yes. which, uh, I don't know if there's any lady acting in that. So I'm like, oh, well, you know, yeah. I don't Why bother? Is. Yeah, but um, but in but anyway, if we're looking for lady acting, the American president is a great place to go because, you know, the reason I think we're kind of doing this movie is because we did Mars Attacks and yes. uh, a huge ensemble, including uh, you know a couple overlaps with the American president, mm-hmm. but who really jumped out, of course, was Annette Bening, and. You know, then it was like, oh, you know, I think you had suggested, oh, you know, she's so great in the American president, should have been nominated for an Oscar. And, you know, she's her, the size of her role is kind of navigating that space in between supporting and lead. It's kind of like Olivia Coleman and the father. Um, yeah. So she may not be the BSA of this movie, but we are stretching the rules because we make the rules in this podcast. And yes. so we're here to talk about uh, Annette Benning and some other lovely ladies. In the American president. Mm. Let's get into it. Annette Benning. <laughs> Annette I mean, Benning. Colin, it is it is without question my favorite performance of her. Like ever, I think. Like I, I, yeah. I have not seen every Annette Benning movie out there, so I I will eat my words whenever that does happen, or, or maybe I just haven't seen it. But this movie do, like I can't imagine anyone else doing this role. I really can't. And it's, you know, it was one of those things where, like, the role itself, it's a good role. Like, you know, it's it's a, in and of itself, it's well-written. She's, you know, Sydney is an interesting person, um, has, you know, lots of dimensions to her. But I feel like so much of this, you know, it, I feel like with an Aaron Sorkin script, like, it could be very easy to almost, like, rely on the power of the script yes. to kind of bring in a, in a strong performance. But I felt like... There was just so much charm and so much just like I just fell in love with Sydney. Yes. And I I credit all of that to to Annette. I mean, she just I don't know. I guess I just oh I've always had in my mind like the American beauty Annette that I like forgot how charming she could be. Yeah, on I mean Sydney Ellen Wade. 
I mean, there's an Instagram handle for you. I'm just going to change yeah. it tonight. <laughs> right, right, exactly. Oh, it's great. It's a great name. Maybe that's my drag name eventually. Um, that or I love it. Maybe I thought my drag name the other day would be Sciatica. <laughs> Since I have back pain all the time. I just thought it's like, especially once I like heard of Utica, I was like, Utica, sciatica, perfect. Sciatica. sciatica I love it. Nerve. I don't know. Something yeah. in there. There's something there. Yeah. Anyway. yeah she, she's giving you sciatica for your nerve. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah. There we go. Oh, God. And I'm just always sitting down or standing up, I guess, yeah. because it would hurt to sit yeah. down. Right. All Ugh. of your performances involve very little, very little, you know, yes, uh, park and movement barks, in general. Sure. Yeah. Um, yes. She does park and bark. Uh, um, but yeah, Annette Benning is just magic. Like Julia Roberts level of charm and just like likability. You immediately like her. And, and we'll get into it. I mean, I feel like we can save her for last. But just like in general, like, do you think... Because I think she should have been nominated for an Oscar for this. Is it crazy to say that, Colin? Or is it like, maybe let's not go that far? I don't think it's crazy. And I, of course, was like, well, who who was she up against oh, yeah. this year? You know, just to get a sense of, you know, because sometimes, you know, you get a certain year where it's just like, well, there's just a lot of great performances. And so uh, if you'll if you'll indulge me, oh, this please. was these were the, the 96 Oscars, of course. And so... Nicholas Cage won for Leaving Las Vegas uh, for Best Actor. Kevin Spacey won for uh, The Usual Suspects for Best Supporting Actor. Mm. Best Supporting Actress, Mira Sorvino won for Mighty Aphrodite, which many people oh. thought was a lead performance. Yes. Uh, and for what it's worth, because it's our category, let's just name the other nominees. Joan Allen for Nixon. Mm. Uh, Kate Winslet for Sense and Sensibility. Mayor Winningham for Georgia. And Kathleen Quinlan for Apollo 13. Uh, Kathleen Quinlan, who's one of those actors who, like, we should find an excuse to talk about her. Maybe it's Apollo 13. She is she's great. A, she's a great actress. Yes. Ugh, she I has that, always like, liked her. quality about her that I, I feel she's almost like Elizabeth Taylor-ish. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Like and, and there's, like, Elizabeth a Joe Beth Williams quality yes. as well. Yes. Like, I just, oh, I just have always liked her. Um, so, best actress in a leading role. Uh, Annette Benning was uh, shut out by Emma Thompson in Sense and Sensibility. And fun fact, Emma Thompson was considered for the role of Sidney Ellen Wade. Yes. So that, that would have been interesting. <clears throat> and I could totally see it. Emma Thompson's great. Yeah. Um, I'm assuming she would have put on an American accent. Um, Elizabeth Shue for Leaving Las Vegas, mm -hmm. uh, which is uh, I'm kind of intrigued by. I hear it's a miserable movie because it's just about like some guy who's like drinking himself to death in Las yeah. Vegas. Mm -hmm. um, uh, Vegas related, Sharon Stone in Casino. Oh. Merrill for The Bridges of Madison County. Oh. But all of them lost to Susan Sarandon in Dead Man Walking. Oh. Which I saw a million years ago, and it is a great performance. It doesn't surprise me that she was, sure. you know, that she won. Um, Celia Weston is in Dead Man Walking. So oh. if you ever, if you ever want to I really experience, motivation. yeah, I've never seen it. Yeah, I've never seen it. Yeah, Susan Sarandon has some great scenes in it. I feel like she. Uh, I think when Johnny and I did Stepmom, we had kind of on for All Right, Mary, we had a moment of like, oh, my God, Susan Sarandon's a great actress. <laughs> yeah, and exactly. uh, Dead Man Walking, I definitely she's she has this scene in a bathroom uh, in like where she like has to pull herself together that I remember being like the when she won it moment. OK, so. Okay. Um, so, yeah, I mean, 
Did she get nominated for a Golden Globe, though? I, I think, think she did. I think she did. I think her and Michael both did. They did. Yeah, actually, uh, the movie, it was all nominations for Golden Globes. Nominated for Best you know, Comedy or Musical, Best Director for Rob Reiner, Best Screenplay, Best Actor, Best Actress. Um, so, I mean, I guess it's worth seeing who she lost to. If, yeah, if why not? Further. Let's do it. Because I feel like this is where she could have... You know, yeah, we might like this is split hairs a little bit more. Yeah, yeah, this is where we had a we had a horse in the race. Um, so let's see, best performance by an actor. I'm like Cameron Diaz for the mask. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. Oh, this is miniseries. Okay, then that's not what I want. Oh, here we go. Best performance. Oh, oh. Okay, interesting. Best performance by an actress in a motion picture, comedy, or musical. She was up against Vanessa Redgrave in A Month by the Lake, mm-hmm. Sandra Bullock in While You Were Sleeping. So glowsy. So glowsy. <laughs> so uh, big competition. Tony Collette in <gasps> Muriel's Wedding. Whoa. Yeah, yeah. But they all, and of course Annette, and they all lost out to Nicole Kidman in To Die For. What? I don't even know what I that know. is, but I like know what it is at the same time, just by that title. Yeah, I remember. I know like three things about it. I feel, I'm sure she's great in it, Ugh. but like, it's one of those things where it's like, I don't know. Before I saw the flight attendant, I was like, oh yeah, right. Like Callie Cuoco was doing anything to compete with any of the rest of them, and I was brutally wrong. So I'll reserve judgment till I've seen it. But like, that's a big coup for Nicole Kidman to beat out Annette Benning and the American President and, and Tony Collette. Uh, yes, yes, that's. <sighs> Oh, it's overwhelming. I mean, just, you know, best performance by an actress in a motion picture drama, just so you know. Uh, that year, it was the same group of ladies who were nominated for the Oscar. Emma Thompson, Susan Sarandon, Meryl Streep, Elizabeth Shue, Sharon Stone, and Sharon Stone won the Oscar. Or the the Golden Globe. <laughs> I was like, whoa. Whoa, um, yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. So... Uh, so there you go. A little bit of awards history. Um, yeah, Annette Benning. it's, you know, it's funny because I... When I think of it as like a you know a, a, I don't know I say a potentially Oscar nominated performance or a performance that is at that level, it's like there's no specific moment where she'd win it. Like it's and I would say that's probably true for most of the performances in this movie. Some of the men have some monologues, of course, because it's Aaron Sorkin, but it's more just this like consistently solid performance, yeah, like yeah. consistently charming, consistently interesting and engaging. Um, you know, she has one little talking through tears moment towards the end. Of course. We'll talk about that. It does kind of yeah. remind me. I keep going back to Julia, um, but like it's it's sort of like Pretty Woman. You know, if Julia can get mm-hmm. nominated for Pretty Woman, she can get nominated. But I feel like Pretty Woman, like the movie was like this juggernaut, maybe a little bit bigger than uh, The American President at the time yeah yeah i don't know maybe just more there was more excitement around it yeah i don't know yeah yeah certainly um and i guess i feel like this has been kind of like a net bending i think she's been nominated a number of times and has never won and i feel like it's kind of like glenn close it's like there's just some actors who are just giving consistently great performances and you know you're just like waiting for them to finally for their number to finally get called you know i know (sighs) well Uh. Well, there's uh, that. that being th- that there's that. But that being said, there are, you know, there's some other great supporting performances in this movie. I mean, you know, I want to, of course, talk about Anna Devere Smith right away, but yeah. we'll, we'll get there. Uh, Samantha Mass- Samantha Mathis as Janie, who's, you know, the president's assistant. I the whole time watching her, I just thought, oh, God, 
if I had this job, I would I would go gray in 20 minutes. Like I'd be so stressed out. I could never do this job. Ne- never. Ever. I I would never. have ulcers. I would I would be so stressed out. She's so like 90s and yet so 2021 at the same time. The glasses that she's mm. wearing, the hairstyle, and I recognized her. I was like, I've seen you somewhere else, Samantha Mathis, and I found that she played adult Amy in the 1994 version of Little Women with Nynona, with Winona Ryder. Um, oh. Yeah, and oh, she's great. Like she's Yeah, because they had Kirsten Dunst play young Amy, but obviously she wasn't old enough to... Uh, that's a hard balance to find. And I feel like mm-hmm. Florence Pugh... I mean, another reason why that performance is so great is because they didn't recast it. You know, they didn't have a young right. Amy and an older Amy... Um, She's so good. Um, but she's great. She she kind of just has this sort of like sultry sort of calm tone in a role like or in a position rather that I would I would be like a frantic mess. But um, right. She's right. Lovely. Just, yeah, she's I mean, and this thing is like she's everyone is great in this movie. Everyone gives a great performance. No one gives a weak performance. And so it's kind of like, you know. <clears throat> if we say over and over, oh she's great, oh she's great, it's because everyone's great in this. Yeah, but it's true. Uh Samantha Mathis is really is really great in this. Um yes. I was also happy to see in a smaller role, but uh Anne Haney as Mrs. Chapel. Yes. Who I will only ever see in here as the social worker in uh in Mrs. Doubtfire. Yes. The, the perfect reference for anyone who doesn't know her, but um yeah. could have used more Mrs. of her Selner. in the movie. Yes, Mrs. Selner. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I wish there were like a few more moments, but like I love that she was a like a perfectly cap- capable like I don't know. She just always seems so old to me, but like she's honest. Like she's like, don't fuck mm-hmm. with me because I got it. And every I guess that is how the president's office is like. I'm I'm going down this road because I've been watching a lot of Veep this week, and it's like the mm-hmm. setup um, in season four is uh it's like the same way like sue the secretary is like in the same position as um mrs selner i'll call her (laughs) oh sue the secretary she i i've only i only know a bit of veep but i know her and she's like one of the only like sane people in the room she she kind of has to play like a straight character but it it works really well it does work really well yes 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 um but we Uh, love her and uh there's that yeah and there's that. We also, you know, uh, Shauna Waldron plays Lucy, plays uh, the president's daughter. And I, you know, is prepared because I'm always prepared to not like a child actor. But I thought she was very charming. I thought there was the scene when she meets Sydney when Sydney comes over for dinner and, and says that, you know, he's on the phone with his dentist. There's this like really cute little interaction between Sydney and Lucy. And that's where I was like, oh, I like you. I like you're not an annoying kid. I'm uh yeah you're, yeah, you're welcome in this White House. Yeah. Yes, I agree. She has like adult energy. She's just like very chill. And mm-hmm. she, I recognize her immediately because anyone else who, um, this is a deep cut, but I feel like it was a pretty popular movie when I was younger. It's called Little Giants. And oh it was a my. football movie. And she played Icebox, who was oh like basically my. the girl on the team who wanted to play football. And they... <laughs> I know. I don't know where I got it from, but I was like, that's Icebox. As soon as I saw it again, I was wow. like, yeah, Shauna Waldron. I mean, I I have seen Little Giants. Granted, it has been a oh, little it's while. Been but, a while. Yeah. Um, but, oh, my God. Well, yeah, I mean, remember? Talk about the, 
talk about the '90s. I mean, a movie like the little like Little Giants brings me back to because we grew up in the '90s. That takes me to a very specific like birthday party, watching it in someone's like yes. finished basement, yes. Domino's Pizza, like th- that's you know, or even going to the movie theater and seeing it. Like this is. It's funny, like the American president, I, I think of these movies from the 90s either as like a movie that I saw during a, a, a birthday party or a movie my parents went to go see, you know, uh, on a Friday night. Yes. Um, and Little Giants was very much, you know, a birthday party, VHS, finished basement, Lay's potato chips, Domino's pizza, warm Coke. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's perfect. <laughs> I remember there was a boy in that movie that I had like a big crush on. Was it Devin Sawa in my it mind? Was Devin it was. Sawa. It, it is. It was a Devin well, Sawa guy. Or was it him? Let's look this he up. He is right in now. it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Then it was it. definitely yeah. him. I think I love yeah. Devin Sawa in Little Giants more than I did in Casper. I know all the girls and, you know, the young blooming gays um, loved him from that. But, uh, yeah, Little Giants. I remember very specifically there's a scene where someone puts peanut butter and jelly sandwiches inside their helmets for like a snack and like they get <laughs> tackled and strawberry jam like runs down their face and they thought they like killed him and then they take off his helmet and <laughs> I don't know why I'm going down this. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, anyone who remembers it, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah, you know, when, when we do the BSAs of Little oh, Giants someday. <laughs> It was that like Bill Pullman as the dad? I don't know. (laughs) Oh, it's Rick Moranis and Ed (laughs) O'Neill. Oh my God, yes. (laughs) And they play brothers and Ed O'Neill is like the more successful brother. Oh my God, I have to watch it now. (laughs) Yeah, I mean- That'll be my 420 like experience tomorrow maybe. Perfect. I think I think that's a perfect idea. Um, Well, according to IMDb, it's on Tubi. Tubi, okay. Yeah, to be or that. not to be. Yeah, <laughs> oh boy, here right we go. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, as we go through the cast of supporting characters, we also get also a little more briefly than I wanted, but the poor man's Christine Baranski, Wendy yes. Malick. Oh, and her perfect eyebrows, like perfect yeah. '90s eyebrows. Yeah, Wendy yeah. Malick, and I, Colin. Yeah. Right? I know. And I feel bad saying poor man's Christine Baranski, but granted, like, Christine Baranski is, like, Dom Perignon, you know? So, like, there's no shame yes. in being, like, the working person's Christine Baranski. Yeah. Um, watching this, though, I also thought, oh, Wendy Malick, I kind of want to see her play, like, the older sister of Selma Blair in something. Yes. I was getting, I like, a Selma that. Blair vibe. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I feel like we need to get some more Wendy Malick into our into our catalog. I feel the same. It's like, I don't, I, I feel like there's like, is it Spin City? But there's like, that's not even, is just that what she's, me. just shoot me. Just Spin shoot City me. Which, and just shoot me are the same. I like just yes. shit me is what I just said. <laughs> <laughs> just spin me. <laughs> oh, that's good. Yeah, that's, Um. yeah. I mean, I feel like she is one of those. Those women that we love, and she's also, you know, hot in Cleveland, which, you know, I right? probably will never watch, but fine. Um, yeah, Valerie Bertinelli's on it. How bad could it be? Uh, exactly, exactly. Yeah. I, you know, for anyone listening, because, you know, some people out there, they know, yes. uh, if we wanted to find a way to talk about Wendy Malick, whether it be TV or movies, uh, how can we get more Wendy onto this podcast? Yes, I, I love I leave that. it there. Yeah. She's like a CBS uh, queen, I feel. I feel like she's on a lot of CBS shows. I'm looking through like some guest spots on Mom. 
She's on Grace and Frankie. This is us. You know, she did eleven episodes of BoJack Horseman, which is one yeah, of those shows cool. that I've been wanting to watch. Of course, you know, Margo Martindale's on it, uh, but that's you know that's one of those shows where you have to watch the whole thing. So yeah, that's um, true. Yeah, and I've already got one hundred and fifty-five episodes of The West Wing to catch up on. I so, know. No, exactly. back off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Leave us alone. It was alone. Uh, but um, she's great. She plays like the uptight sort of like, I don't know. She's supposed to be a little bit of like an opposition to Sydney Ellen Wade, you know, but like also her superior at the same time. And and then yeah, we just like she, never see her again. Or we kind of do maybe once or twice. We see her in that first scene. Like we see her, you know, all in that kind of like Sydney first coming to the White House for the first time. And, um, and really, I think one of... Like the scene where you kind of immediately fall in love with Sydney is when they're arriving at the White House and Sydney is, you know, introducing herself to the guard and she's yes. like, Oh, I'm just trying, trying to, you know, soak up all the Capra esque quality of it all and and Susan is kind of like, No one cares, he doesn't know who that is, it doesn't matter. And I don't know, I think, you know, file under moments that touched me unexpectedly was when the security guard was like, I know who Frank Capra is and I was like, Oh, thank you. Thank you. Like Yes. Yeah. Like, don't talk down to him. Um, <laughs> but we see her then, and then we don't really see her again until the very end when she was like, oh, you know, I, I may have judged you a little harshly. I think it's like the Christmas party. Um, and we get kind of like a brief moment with her. But uh, I would have wanted more Wendy Malick. I wouldn't oh, have been yeah. mad at that. I would have been fine with that. It's like I noticed that the men yeah. are a little bit more fleshed out than the women in this movie. But like once we eventually and and uh parenthesis there get to the west wing like the women mm. are the reason to watch the show like i mean the the men are great i will say that but um oh god alice and janney as cj craig i know it's crazy that we have it, it. overwhelms I know. me I, I don't think uh. it's not that we're not ready we've been ready listeners gentle listeners like i oh i watched the whole like first two seasons and i was obsessed with it but that was like that that was oh my god that was so long ago that was like 2012 or 13 or something but um we'll get there yeah i maybe there maybe there's some because what what kills me is like it's 155 episodes of potentially uh, of of Alice and Janney, it, like, it's just, you know what I mean? It's like, oh, it's like somebody telling you, hey, there's all this buried treasure on that beach. You just have to start digging and you'll find someone. I'm like, eh, I don't like the beach, yes. you know? Like, I'm missing out on so much treasure under the, underneath yeah. that sand. And so I just need to get, need to get yeah, digging, you know? We do, we do. It's a good, like, summer goal for us, I think. There's something to be had. Yeah, I, yeah, I could, yeah, I could make mm-hmm. this a summer project. I'm into it. Um. So, I mean, there are, I mean, you know, we don't, we don't talk about men very often or, you know, we try not to, but there are some great supporting male performances. I, you know, uh, Mars Attacks alum, Michael J. Fox is back. Uh, Yeah, he was great. I mean, apparently he, at this point was like trying to really hide the the symptoms of Parkinson's and was very concerned that they were going to notice that and, you know, was going to keep him from getting the role, which... You know, it, it's uh, it, it's a it's a sort of sad narrative to kind of know that that's kind of happening underneath the surface. But he's uh, it, he's the kind of actor where, like, because I obviously I've seen him in like Back to the Future and Family Ties and other things. But I feel like a movie like this and a script like this, it's like, oh yeah, Michael J. Fox, he's like a he really is. good actor. He's yes. really good at this. A best supporting actor for sure. Like if this was you know the Westerns, yeah, in our, in our one time man category. <laughs> 
<laughs> yes, yes. Have, you know, there's a spot for Michael J. Fox there. I think there is. There are. There is. There. There are men who are so good that they get the best supporting yes. actor nod, and he would definitely be recognized. Yeah. Um, I love that that speech. I mean, obviously, this is Aaron Sorkin. You know, his writing, but that mm-hmm. whole speech about like when people are in an oasis and you know oh, they can't the find sand. water, they'll drink sand. And yes. oh my god, like moments like that where I was like, oh, Aaron. Yeah. That's that's good. That's some good writing. I know, good it's shit. so good. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's just like the most delicious um, chocolate and you've ever had. Yeah, it just keeps coming. It's like right? Shondalogs before Shondalogs existed. You know, Shondalogs. Oh my god, I love a good Shonda. That's so yeah. Like comparing an Aaron Sorkin monologue to a Shonda Shonda Rhimes monologue. Mm-hmm. Eventually, we're gonna do the BSAs of Grays, and oh. you're gonna get some Shondalogs. Yes, I can't wait. <laughs> So, uh, you know who I want to just mention, who doesn't have much of a, a huge role, but it's sort of the quintessential supporting female role, is uh, Sydney's sister, Beth, yeah. played by Nina Samasco. Samasco? Sure. Samasco? Sure. Um, I am not familiar with her, but I, I just have to say this, and this is a very niche reference to like the three people listening who will know what I'm talking about, but I'm sorry, Beth was giving me lesbian Amanda Kaczynski the whole time. <laughs> It's not like I a negative thing. I was expecting like a horror movie from like 1972 <laughs> that only three people had seen. Oh right. my god! No. <laughs> and 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 this is not a dig because it's a dig. two things I love. I love Amanda Kaczynski and I love lesbians. So put the two together. It's this is a Reese's peanut butter cup. And this yes. is great. But like when I, when she first showed up on the screen, I was like, wow. That's like if Amanda was a lesbian, man. Sure. In 1995. In 1995. Oh, I know. So, I know. Um, so Amanda, if you're, I feel like Amanda is Amanda's furiously everything. She's like, as long as she's fat, I, I'm not, as long as she's not fat, I don't care. That's what she'll say. Right, right. And she's not, and she's not. Yeah. Um, but anyway, she, I liked her. I just, I, uh, I love that character in a movie. I love the supportive friend or the supportive sister. You know. Yeah, and we only ever see her in that apartment. <laughs> like we never really see right. her. She's like, "You better call him." Like that's not even one of her lines, but I just picture her saying, "Like answer the phone." <laughs> that's essentially her line. Yeah, that's yeah. pretty much. Yeah, it. yeah. Um, but she was great. You know, uh, I I'm, I always keep an eye out for that. Yeah. Like you know, that friend, that sister. Um, that's kind of I guess when I when I saw the screen like pictures of like screen grabs of the movie before I watched it and I saw Wendy Malick and Annette Benning together. I thought Wendy Malick was like the sassy government uh, friend. I see, I see. Um, which I wouldn't have been mad at. Yeah, but I wouldn't have been whatever. Yeah, we got Beth. Um, who do you want to talk about next? I mean, maybe, I mean, Is I, I want to just briefly mention. Yeah, go, no, no, go ahead. I'll, I'll, I was just going to say Richard Dreyfus. I thought it's a bit of a one-note character, but I thought, especially in 2021, I was like, oh, I know who that man is. Oh, like, yeah. Like, it was... I also knew exactly who that was. Yes, so yes, that was a great, yes. great performance. But, you know, a fave around here, what I'm, I, I think it's just becoming one of my favorite actresses just because I can't keep my eyes off of her is Anna DeVere Smith yeah. as Robin. I love that her name is Robin. That's such a 90s yeah. sort of name. Robin McCall. Right? Robin McCall. I know. That's such a 90s name. She's, you know, she's tall in these in these, you know, power suits with the with the braids tied up. Yes. You know, she looks like Swiss Miss. Yes. Uh, I it's like it I it's the same experience I had watching Rachel getting married where it was like 
Anna Devere Smith is such a titan. Like she's just such a, a powerful energy mm-hmm. that to have her in a supporting role, it's like you can't keep your eyes off of her because she just is like always present. You yeah, know? maximizing that potential to the fullest. I, I love that she yeah. is like the only woman in a group of like white men when they're having meetings. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like there are other women in the room, but they're standing behind the couch and Robin gets right. to sit on the couch and she just like owns owns that space i i honestly like would in my mind she does work at the white house <laughs> like that's how convinced right? she is in any right because because she was in the west wing as she well is. right yes yes yeah um and i think she's in dave as well in a small role oh. uh, which is also the white house yes. and uh and you have not seen nurse jackie right i haven't i know because she has like a a meaty role in that she's not she like she's one of the supporting characters but she's you know uh she's in most of the episodes and she has storylines and full scenes and whatnot like nurse jackie's a great show and Merritt weaver is incredible and edie falco is it's just ridiculous i i would say i'll watch the west wing if you'll watch nurse jackie oh but i want to watch the west wing too um yeah (laughs) (laughs) well well maybe i can like i I can I can find an episode where like just watch this and don't worry about the narratives you don't understand. Sure. Just watch this for the Anna Devere Smith of it all. You know how many seasons is Nurse Jackie? Is it like five or six mm. or four or five? It's like five seasons. Okay. I think it's like five seasons. And you know, yeah. towards the last season, it's like oh okay, we got to wrap this up. Sure, but um, I mean it's yeah. I mean I've I've also watched it so many times. You know when you watch something so many times that like it, almost in a way some of there's moments that you've seen so often that it almost becomes a little annoying. Does that make sense? I know what you mean. Like, you know, it's like, oh, this musical cue again, or oh, yes, that weird cut, yes. or whatever. Where you just, I don't know. Like, there are there's little moments in Nurse Jackie where I'm like, oh god, that again. I, I guess it has a couple like, there's a there's a clunky moment here and there, and you I notice it more and more, but never with Anna Devere Smith. Never. Never. I hate my one complaint, and this is a writing thing. This is not an Anna Devere Smith, but I hate that we have to find out. That Andrew Shepard, the incomparable, very handsome Michael Douglas, I must say, in this movie, mm. uh, that he's a widower. It's kind of like at the expense of Robin because she says something that's like so out of line that like she should have yeah. never said. And she's like, I apologize. I was like, oh, I'm like, was that the best way to introduce that idea you know what i mean like she would mm-hmm. never say that robin knows i was like if i'd ever talked right. to aaron sorkin that would be my, my the first thing i brought up i was like we need to talk about robin um yeah it's not that robin it, doesn't like slip yeah, yeah 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 she just doesn't slip and and she did and i mean whatever but uh we had to find out one way or another and uh I think there's um, my next note that I have is there's like a sort of puckering of the lips after the president had a press conference. And I don't know if it's like the press conference at the end when he sort of gives that amazing speech, but I can't remember. Mm. Um, I can picture it for some yes. reason. I feel like some, for some reason I know. I, and it may. Yeah. That may, it may actually be that that last press conference with that huge monologue, because I feel like there's a shot then of um robin and lewis and and maybe someone and i and probably aj kind of standing off to the side i feel like having a reaction so i feel like that may be when that happens how they all just sort of line up what's going on what's going on oh he's making a speech yeah (laughs) and after and after that moment where she has the the widower line like and she apologizes there is like a nice brief micro moment with her like 
trying to apologize and like watching him leave. Like he got like a brief moment of her looking regretful. Yes. And I was like, ugh, a moment alone at the end of his scene with Vera Smith, my favorite. <laughs> in the Oval Office, <laughs> ugh. Of all things, yeah, it's almost as good as the scene in Rachel getting married. I Just know. leave leave Anna Devere Smith to end a scene. Yes. I'm, you know, I'm always happy. I love, um, there's like another moment when, I think it might be the first time where he's like, I gotta, I gotta send her flowers. And everyone's like, what? Mm-hmm. And Anna Devere Smith is, Robin is in the room. And he's like, well, that's what they do, don't they? And um, and Robin says, that's not what they do. I know no men who do that. And the way that she just says it, it's so dry and so pitch perfect, like the cadence of it. Yeah. Um, she's perfect. I just love her so much. And her Christmas party outfit. I was... <laughs> it's great. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's super 90s. Super yes. 90s. Um, but yeah, I always think that with Anna Devere Smith is like every line feels like thought through yeah like i feel like she's figured out the best way to do every line even if it's one of those just like one-off one-liners or or when they're in when they're all uh in the limo together when it's raining and she's like well we have a problem that was a small problem and now it's turning into a bigger problem and i just feel like she figured out the exact rhythm for all of that and it's it's like what they say about abba songs that you can you couldn't take an abba part uh, an abba song apart and put it together in a better way like it's perfect as it is and i think that about that way about anna devere smith's line deliveries like there's probably not a better way to do that an abba reference and anna devere smith all in the same sentence yes yeah Sign yeah, I uh, yeah, Abba Devere Smith. Yeah, <laughs> that's my drag name. Yeah. <laughs> oh God, that's that's good. That's really good. Yeah, uh, yeah, and I just do Abba songs. Yes, in, I mean, I would a pantsuit. I would yeah. love that. Yeah, I'd pay for that. Um, you know, it's it's worth mentioning Martin Sheen, who I think is also giving oh, like classic God, best supporting so actor. Yeah. He's fabulous in this. He really like, is. He's, uh, it, and it, it's funny. I mean, even not having seen The West Wing, he has such a presence that it does feel weird that he's not playing the president. Yeah. I, and it's like, it makes perfect sense that he, he did, or, yeah. Mm-hmm. Did. Um, it, there is yeah. something that just feels right. It feels like Michael Douglas should be vice president. There is no vice president yeah. in this movie. Isn't that interesting? Oh, wow. My brain just blew yeah, out my left I, ear. I don't think I've I, ever noticed yeah. that either. That's insane. I can't, I can't even. <laughs> that's my I second question. My that's my second that. question to Mr. Sorkin whenever I interview him. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Two questions. One, Robin would never slip. <laughs> Two. Where's the VP? Yeah, I just, I, I feel like if I was writing a ma- like a manuscript, like that would be the first not the first thing, but I was like, well, there has, there has to be a vice president, but there isn't, right. and it works. Like, we didn't even notice. I didn't even notice until you said it right now. Wow. That is insane. Huh. Well. Yeah. Okay. You... Well, yeah. in a way, right. we'll just, I mean, Martin Sheen is like the honorary vice president in my mind, I guess. We yeah. We didn't know what he, what he was before, but now we definitely know. <laughs> is there a VP, or who is the VP in the West Wing? You know what, Colin? I don't think there is. No, that can't be. <laughs> that can't be, though. I mean, should we look at? Is up, this though? some like thing that like we can't be the first people that have thought of this? But like, granted, yes, it was like nine years ago that I watched it, and it is fuzzy. But I don't remember a VP. If there is, well, I found the West Wing wiki, and apparently, there's okay. a Bob Russell. Okay. Uh, oh, played by I know this actor, and I can't. Tim Matheson is that who this is? 
Oh. oh. All right. Well, at least at least he corrected his his huge uh, gap in historical logic with the West Wing. Yes. Yes. All right. I feel better now. Um, oh, Tim Matheson. He's in the Brady Bunch movies. Colin. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 Roy. Yeah. He plays Roy. I could just picture Shelley Long. Oh, Roy. <laughs> so she says it. <laughs> I love the Brady Bunch movies. He's in the second one. He's just in the second one. Sorry. Excuse me. Oh, because he doesn't play the dad in the Brady Bunch movies for some no, reason. No, he plays like the con artist guy who comes in. And oh, steal the horse. right, right, yeah. right, 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 right. The dad is played by. Um, oh, oh my. he's so sexy in like an odd way too. Like he's in Veep as well. Um, Gary okay. Cole. Gary Cole. You know, yes. and that's why, because Gary Cole and Tim Matheson, it, it's kind of like the Christine Baranski and uh, Wendy Malick. If you can't get Tim Matheson, just get Gary Cole. Yes. Or maybe the other way. Or maybe the other yeah. way around. Yeah. I mean, just... now I think Gary Cole, I mean, with Veep and everything, I see him popping up everywhere. I'm rooting for Gary Cole. I don't know why. I mean, I'm rooting right. for both of them. I don't know either. Yeah. <laughs> Team Gary. Team uh... Gary. <laughs> um, so, uh, you know, I guess we have to at least mention Michael Douglas because yeah, he is uh, so charming. Like, so charming in this movie. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, you know, like I've seen him, I've seen him obviously in, in a bunch of different things like Fatal Attraction. Like I feel yeah. like he's, and I feel like he was in a bunch of like, you know, uh, erotic thrillers before this. And then <laughs> yeah, kind of, like, that's a good changed. genre. Yeah. Um, um, and he's just, yeah, he's very charming in this. And of course, like it's, it's impossible to watch this movie without thinking about like, okay, this was made in 1995 and there's kind of like a, a Clinton-esque template here, sure. but it's, but like to then be like post Trump watching this and like, <clears throat> you know, I, I feel like a lot of the reviews and a lot of the, the things they've read about this movie and like reviews and looking back on it, there people are saying, Oh, like the thing about Andrew Shepard is like, you know, he was the kind of guy that, you, you you know, he was charismatic and he had his shit together and you could trust him. And, and you know, uh, he just like, oh, I want a guy like that in the White House. And it was like, oh, man, boy, did we go through a period of like really hungering for that, you know, and like, yes. I don't know if Joe Biden is our, you know, Andrew Shepard of 2021, but uh, I certainly think, uh, you know, it's a step in the right direction. Yes, for lack of a better word. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I do think that there is... It's like him and Annette both like are maybe known for different types of roles, but they got to just like relax and like be funny and charming. Mm. And it just comes so easily. Like the like the two of them together are so extraordinary. I just feel like we should have had more movies with them like after this, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like uh, or maybe it was just, you know, we have that lightning in the bottle moment and that's all it was, which is also great because it leaves you wanting more. But he is great. Yeah. I think his, his like the way that his that he speaks and um, I feel like Sorkin, like the rhythm of his dialogue is like specific, like because you can mm-hmm. very easily just sound like you're rambling too. like it takes a, like like really good actors can really like it's already great material. But like if you have a really good actor delivering it, it's just like it's like Shakespeare. It's just like it just takes on a life yeah. of its own. And I think that. Both both of them really too, but um, I love that pool that pool table scene. That's probably my favorite scene with when they mm-hmm. when they fight him and Martin Sheen, and he says like one of the three f words in the movie. 
Oh, um, right, right. And when he like throws the pool cue, and I was like, oh, Andrew's mad. Okay. Uh, yeah. Yeah. He he's really. I mean, like, I agree. I think his chemistry with Annette Bening. That scene in the in the china room in the plate room, like she's yes. looking at the plates, and then. And then he is looking at her and he, the way he's looking at her with like, he like, this is the look of somebody falling in love with someone. And then she turns and looks at him and I'm just like, Oh my God, this is, this is like electric, like movie chemistry. It's just yeah. beautiful. Yeah. I just love Michael. And I just, he's, he's like unexpectedly sort of like sexy and like, uh, I'm just rooting for him. But I guess this is the perfect time to talk about Annette. Just like get into the real meat of, Sydney Ellen Wade. Yeah. Do you feel like she has like a moment she wanted or like a scene where you're like, okay, here's like, here's the Oscar real moment. I think her two, again, we've talked about this before, just because you're yelling and just just because you're crying doesn't mean that like that's the Oscar moment, but it's hard not Mm -hmm. for, for me not to go there. But like, I do love the, the, the packing her bag scene where she's, (gasps) oh yeah that's Mm -hmm. great like that's great like just like walking and trying to do that and like she is there are so many words coming out of her mouth and it's so fast and like she's really pacing herself well and stops right at the last like the perfect moment to just i think that's one of the 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 other f words in the movie too um Mm -hmm. i think that's i mean the moment where she's like you just you didn't lose me mr president you lost my vote and then just like storms out and i was like Oh, I like um, love that moment yeah. so much. You, you dropped your mic, Annette. Yeah. Oh, it is the perfect sort of burn, really. Yeah. Like, and that scene that is incredible. I mean, it's you know, the the yeah, I I love watching someone like act and like do something, like searching yeah, through yeah. drawers what is that? and whatnot. What is that? I don't know what that is, but Yeah, it's you know, it's funny. I feel like um in the movie Marriage Story, there's that whole scene with Scarlett Johansson and Laura Dern where she's in Laura Dern's office telling her. It's the whole monologue about everything that happened with her marriage. And yes. the whole time, like, Scarlett gets up, she blows oh, her nose yeah. in the bathroom, she bites a biscotti. And I felt like that was this, like, weird, almost, like, cue-to-cue version of what Annette, yes, Annette was yes, doing here, yes. you know? I was like, I can see all of the, like intention all of the acting workshop intention of what Scarlett Johansson is doing versus here where it all I'm 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 just along for the ride you know and uh oh it's great I like I love watching someone like punctuate a sentence by slamming a drawer ah yes and there's like something like stuck in the drawer it's not like the perfect slam either and I it's just perfect I have two other moments actually that I want to talk about. Um, one's like a softer moment, but I have taken this and used this in my everyday language. Is <laughs> when she mm-hmm. is at Camp David with uh, Michael Douglas, and she wants to tell him that she loves him, and she's like, "Look, I I have to tell you something." She's like, "I'm gonna fumble with this, but I just have to tell." You. The way that she says that, I'm like, "You, how dare you, Annette Benning? Like, just." <laughs> The way, like, because it just sounds like she's talking. And, like, just the phrase, like, I'm going to fumble with this, but I have to tell you, I'm in love with you. I'm certain of it. And there's also part of me that thinks that we should just, that I should just go away for a while. It's like, Mm. (sighs) I love that dialogue is great. And, like, it's, it's so casual. And, like, the fact that they can have a conversation like that shows everything you need to know about their relationship at that point, too. And the, and everything you need to know about her and, like, 
ah, God, it's just so good. And I've used that in like, like at work or just like in my everyday life where I, I, mm-hmm. I know I want to say something, but it, um, it gives you permission to like, just to fumble with it. Like, I'm going to fumble yeah. with this, but I have, I have something to say. I don't know how it's going to come out, but here we go. Yeah, it's, you know, it, it's it's such an interesting, like, from a writing and, a, like, a, a movie standpoint, it creates this really interesting dramatic tension because you're like, okay, something's coming. But, yeah. like, in a real-life situation, I feel like by saying that, it's almost like you're able to dispel some of the nerves of, like, listen, instead of me trying to not fumble with it, I'm going to yeah. tell you that I am going to fumble with it. And then you might end up not fumbling at all, but because yes. you said that, you know, uh, it kind of takes some of that that pressure off to get it right because there is no pressure anymore. Uh, but, yeah, in yeah. that scene, I love that. When she said that, I was like, I'm listening. I, and like, was... fell in love with her at that moment. Mm-hmm. I was like, I think I'm in love with you in that <laughs> <laughs> yeah right Ugh. i and it's yeah, such a I, tender moment yeah go ahead yeah sorry. no no i just i agree i i just love that moment and uh I'm, I'm thinking between that and when she walked out of the bathroom and just that oh white shirt i was like jesus annette like yeah I'm having all sorts of feelings right now <laughs> i know the short 90s haircut i yeah and the way that she puts her hand just at the edge of the bed and just firmly presses twice she oh God, I know. Yes, she goes yes. around the pole and then she just touches the edge of the mattress. She's like honk honk, just testing it out. <laughs> it's like because too perfect. Yeah, because and because he, he asks her something and she says something along, along the lines of like, yeah, no, I know. Like she's like she takes control and it's a great moment in the movie and in the script because up until that point, there's I mean obviously there's this massive power imbalance between Sydney mm-hmm. and Andrew and and I I was feeling just up to that moment of like ooh. I I could see a narrative where it's like Sydney, because you know every time she tries to kind of wriggle out of having another date with him, or whatever, he's just like, okay, yeah, well then I'll see you at six. Great, okay, fine, it's done, it's planned. Yeah. Uh, what are you worried about? Like, and I just kept thinking, oh man, like she's really like, what can she say? He's the president. When he asks her to dance, she says, yes, sir, I'd love to. Like, what world are we in? And I felt like when she came out of the bathroom in just that in just that button down shirt with those lovely legs, I was like, oh. Sydney's in in power right now. Like, here's our commander in chief right now. Yes. You know? And I love how, because the question he asks her is, Are you nervous at all? And she says, No. And then she goes, Honk, honk on the mattress. It right. Is, it's perfect. It's the perfect gesture. It is just like, and it's it's intentional though. It's not like she's just fumbling to, I, I, I just, and then he gets nervous, which is adorable. Mm-hmm. I and love like, that. Uh, yes. Uh, I mean, uh, so I want to save like the DuPont circle monologue is like at the end too. It's not even a monologue. She shows up at the end. She looks like a mess kind of like, it's like Mm -hmm. very bare bones, like makeup. She has like a turtleneck on and she's like, I, I heard your speech and I was in my car and her, but like her, her voice breaks on the word car, which is very Mm -hmm. important. And it just kind of steered its way over here. And that's when she starts to almost break Oh um, God! It's, it's so perfect. good. It's it, it is such like it's such economical talking through tears. Because mm-hmm. she doesn't do it at any other time in the movie. There's never. I don't think. I think she gets maybe some tears in her eyes here and there, but there's never one of these moments. And I was like, oh, oh boy, that was worth it. <laughs> yeah, and it's the thing I loved most about that too is like it's typically the guy at the airport you know what I mean the guy at the airport's mm. chasing the girl down and like she's kind of the one that comes back 
I mean, the circumstances are like vastly different from any other romantic comedy like formula, but I just love that she's the one who decides, like, he passes her bill. Like, there's that amazing speech at the, mm-hmm. at the the press conference, too, or decides to move forward with the bill. And, like, that's obvious. But she says, she's like, I didn't come back because of the bill. Like, I came back right. because I love you. And I'm like, Sydney Ellen Wade. <laughs> yeah. Right? She's I just mean, magic. You know, what I love is, like, even though, yeah, there is kind of this, obviously, this power imbalance. And there is kind of like, hey, sorry, I have to cancel. There's a, you know... Um, you know, a, a flight attendant strike in St. Louis or something, and she just has to kind of be like, "Okay, well, never mind." Um, I I never felt like she. I don't know. I, I after a while, I guess you kind of forget about the power imbalance, you know, like because she is still a very powerful woman. Yeah, I mean, I love the way that the relationship is established because she does. It's like it's like a classic bit. Like she's like railing against him, and he's behind mm-hmm. her, and she doesn't know. And that could go, like, either way. Like, it could be very, like, shticky, sort of, like, I don't know. But it just works. And then he calls her into the uh, the Oval Office, and she's, like, stumbling, and she's very adorable. But also, like, she just, like, she's good at her job. There are, like, these little nuggets, she's, like, where she says at one point, she's, like, you can't afford me. She's, like, you mm-hmm. couldn't afford She's He said, why aren't you on my staff? And, you know, she says you can't afford Like, she's good at her job. She's at the top mm-hmm. of her game. Which is also attractive, uh, like in any person, really. Like if you're good at your job, like that's that's definitely a plus. The the narrative comes up in the movie of like, oh, is this a conflict of interest that she that Sydney and Andrew are together? And I definitely thought like, well, it is kind of, isn't it? Like it is yeah. a little bit of a conflict of interest. Mm-hmm. Like you know, it does get. They do end up having a very that fight that they have when she's looking for the the sweater, closing drawers, and and you know, bursting through that monologue. Uh, you know it. It's an interesting moment in their relationship where the perf- the personal and the professional become completely entwined. And it's like, yeah. you know, we're fighting as a couple about something that is so much bigger than us. And I think he even yeah. says, like, you didn't lose. Like, the environment lost. The American people lost. Like, this isn't yes. about you, you know? Yeah. Um, and it's, you know, it, it, I, I did think, like, I could see a narrative. Like, I could see a world where they didn't end up together because it was like, you know, I mean— you know, what we're both here to do is bigger than us, you know? Yes. I have two more moments to talk about. One's very brief. It's just her dress at the state dinner. The hair, the mm. dress, like, best supporting clavicle. Like, her arms. Ugh. Like, that, like, there are moments in film, like, when you see a dress, like, I feel like this could be, like, an in the details. Or just, like, a top yeah. ten list of, like, women in dresses that just take your breath away. Mm-hmm. Um, she is so beautiful and like the way that they dance around um, and they also dance to a song from The King and I um, oh, which is yeah. beautiful and it's called I Have Dreamed and it's one of my favorite songs from The King and I um, so I was really into that um, so yes the state dinner is that what it's called the state dinner am I just making that up yeah we'll it was, yeah, it I think that's fair Something yeah like and the they, yeah. States in it right and the, the French president is there with his wife oh yes and, and she's speaking yeah. French oh mm-hmm. Sydney Ellen Sydney Ellen yeah right. and the last moment like this is honestly where I feel like some of her like yes the dramatic work is incredible but like the charm of it all is like when she answers the phone when he calls and she's like rude to him and then she uh-huh. realizes that it actually is him again kind of like this schmaltzy like sort of like we've all seen it before but the way that she recovers 
and how mm-hmm. like smitten she is by him asking her. She's like, my favorite line is like, she's like, Mr. President, thank you for asking. This is a first for me. I am <laughs> eager to the task. You have asked me to serve your country <laughs> or our country. And he's like, well, it's just dinner, Sydney. It's not espionage. And she's like, <laughs> right. and then she just like laughs and she's like, um, what do I do? Like, where do I go? <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> That I, was um, yes, yes, yes. That was such a great moment when she. I I love that because I was having the same feeling of like if I were Sydney, that would be my question of like, so what do I do? And I like, oh, I Where love I that go? moment. <laughs> and she's like kind of laughing at it, like it's yeah. Oh god, oh. it's it's fizzy. It's like you cannot watch that movie and not be smiling just as much as she is. Like that yeah. that scene rather, not that movie, but yeah, the whole movie. Um, where do I? What do I do? Where do I go? What do I do? (laughs) (laughs) I Uh, love that. I love that. Annette Bening. Annette. Annette. Give her an Oscar already. Come on. Right? Now, uh, you know, for folks listening who are wondering, like, well, you know, you, you know, you guys are Best Supporting Podcast. You know, she was nominated for Best Supporting Actress for The Grifters. You know, Angelica Houston was that. We do know. And we tried. Well, you tried. I tried. And this... Yeah, this has happened to like Colin and I on different occasions too, where we plan on doing a movie, like either you'll start watching it or I'll start watching it. And most of the time we trust each other's judgment too, where it's like, it was hard. It was a hard watch. I, I, I feel like Angelica Houston was so miscast in that. And maybe wow. I gave it 45 minutes. I gave it 45 minutes. I feel that's like a good old college yeah. try and John Cusack is fine and like it was based on a book I think too mm-hmm. and I did read on on IMDb that Angelica Houston says that was the hardest role she's ever done and it looks like she's working and Angelica Houston never looks like she's working because she's an incredible actress so like yeah it just kind of further cemented the fact that I was like I don't think this is your role Angelica and the wig is crazy and that is great I can totally see why but like even in the 45 minutes I was watching, I was like, I could use more. And I just like I had to to hang it up for now. But who knows what will happen in the future? If the second half of Grifters is unforgettable, you know, tweet me and let me know. But uh, yeah, well, I'm going to take your your heed and not worry about it. Yeah. Um, but, you know, would love to get some more Annette on the podcast. You know, I've oh, I've yes. never seen I know there's a, a supporting lady in it and I feel like. Uh, Lady Watch used to talk about this, but film stars don't die in Liverpool. Oh, uh, yeah. So Annette Benning. Yeah, it came I... out in 2017. Annette Benning, uh, a romance sparks between a young actor and a Hollywood leading lady, and she's playing like hmm. Gloria Graham, like late in her career. But Julie Walters is in it in a supporting uh, role, I and, I, and I, yeah, and I feel like she's like she might be our entry point to be able to talk about more Annette, but also from a BSA lens, talk about Julie Walters. So. Something to look into. Let me let me let me see how long it is. You know, for oh, 105 <laughs> yeah. minutes. 105 Perfect. minutes. It's okay. Perfect. All right, we can get into that. Yes. Um, but uh, I do feel like, yeah, I am. Uh, I'm keen to to celebrate more Annette on this podcast at some point. Yes, yes, yes. Um, I also, you know, I was thinking when we were talking about Michael Douglas. Now, mm-hmm. you know, this might be a little bit scarier, but I. I feel like we could do a Fatal Attraction episode because Colin, I've never seen it. I've oh, never seen it. And well, we love Glenn. We love Glenn is amazing. Anne Archer got nominated for an Oscar, okay. uh, and she's great. Anne Archer's great in it. Um, 
So like there's a there's a BSA, there's Glenn, there's Michael Douglas. Uh I think we should I think we should do Fatal Attraction soon. I would love that. Yeah, I would too. I would oh my lot. god, just to you know, especially after Glenn doesn't win the Oscar next week, I think it'll be nice oh, to celebrate her. I know, oh. I know. But maybe she will. Who knows? Maybe she will. <laughs> there was that article. You sent me that uh, article. There was that article. I know. I sent you that article. Yeah. <laughs> I'm still holding um, it. Yeah. Oh, my God. Did you watch the video at the end of that article? You know what? I didn't. You texted me about it, but I didn't watch it. Is it just like a uh, like a retrospective sort of thing? So, I, and just to give context, so Nick had sent me an article that he had read. It was like making a case for why Glenn should win for Hillbilly Elegy, mm-hmm. and uh, which was interesting. And it was really kind of the, the 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 sum total was like, you know, this person saw this as a career Oscar, and the same yeah, way a lot of yeah. other actors have gotten career Oscars. Um, but then there was a video that they linked to a YouTube video they they linked to um, at the end, and it was a compilation of clips of Glenn in different movies um, set to maybe this time. Oh, oh yes, <laughs> it's so gay. It's so gay. You have to. Like, oh my I, god! And I, I couldn't even watch the whole thing. I had to like <laughs> skip ahead. It was like, oh, this is unbearable. Um, so <laughs> that is. Speaking of magic, yes, that's yeah. it. Yeah. All right. Looking forward to that. Yeah. Um, is there anything else about the American president you want to talk about before we uh, put a put a bow on this? I just think it's a great movie. Like, if anyone's just looking for, like, I think it's a perfect movie that a man and a woman, a straight man and a straight woman could watch. You know, I, I think it's mm-hmm. for everyone. It is an incredible screenplay. The music's great. Like, everything we've been saying. Like, the casting is perfect. Um if you haven't seen it, I urge you to see it. And just yeah. like just for a different like uh you know, a different flavor of Annette too. It's I, I just love her. Yeah. And you know, we don't have to get into it, but certainly the the politics of it feel very like relevant. I mean, they talk about uh uh climate change, gun control, fossil fuels. I mean like yeah, it's as if this movie was made this year. It's it's kind of sad that these are still <laughs> our oh, most yeah, pressing the, issues. The one line that Michael Douglas says in that final thing, when he's talking about um, like the the guy who's running against him, Rumsfeld yeah. or something, Donald, mm-hmm. done Donald Rumsfeld. Um, I forget what his name is. Uh, but it's similar said, to that. Yeah, yeah, it is. He said, "Making you Rumson. afraid of something." Making you afraid of something and telling you who's to blame for it, that, ladies and gentlemen, is how you win elections. And it's it's like yeah. it makes me think of Trump. And I'm just like, whoa. Yeah. Right? Yeah, part of that big speech he has towards the end is like, um, you know, if, if, if you want free speech, then let's see you acknowledge a man whose words make your blood boil, who's standing center stage and advocating at the top of his lungs that which you would spend a lifetime opposing at the top of yours. Yeah. I was that like, girl. Great. Yes, it is. How did you and know? And the West Wing is chock full of those moments, Colin. What are we mm-hmm. waiting for? I just... I know. I know. I, uh, I'll i get into it. I promise. Yeah. I promise. Yeah, I'll, we both you know, will. We both will. We will. And uh, it'll make its way into this podcast. But in the meantime, it won't be this episode because we're being played off. And uh, before we uh, head out and then record our Best Supporting After Show, uh, where can folks mm. find more of you? Uh, they can find me every week every Tuesday, rather, at the, my other podcast, The Good Vanilla, which is a Barefoot Contessa podcast. And they can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Nick Kachanov. How about you? Well, you can hear more of me on In the Details, a celebration of nuance, or All Right Mary, talking about 
all different iterations of RuPaul's Drag Race. Uh, you can find me on Instagram at Drucker underscore, Twitter at Drucker, And of course, you can get more of both of us in a best supporting capacity on Twitter at BSA Pod. Or you can send us an email at thebsapod at gmail.com. Well, as per usual, folks, keep your peepers peeled because on Friday, our best supporting after show will be out. We will have much to say about the BAFTAs and a certain very special man winning a very special Uh, award. Uh, Yes, and our BSA is the week and God knows what else we'll talk about. The only way to find out is to listen. (laughs) And uh, that, as they say, is that.